This video is brought to you by Oivo Gaming. More about them at the end of the video. On today's episode of On Deck, I'm going to discuss some troubleshooting options that you can try if your games aren't running exactly how you'd like. I'll also talk about a way to get some of that all-important storage back and possibly improve your performance on some of your games at the same time. Plus, we'll talk about how Valve is possibly making downloading games to your Steam Deck even easier, as well as some fixes to Steam input on the beta path, and how Valve is making your docked experience even better. And of course, we've got some amazing deals that I want to tell you about. So if that sounds good, let's get started. Let's start things off today with a troubleshooting issue that I was running into with Valheim. Now you might not play Valheim, but these troubleshooting tips may actually help you figure out how to get a game working on your Steam Deck that otherwise isn't. In a recent episode, I asked you all for advice on how to get Valheim working on the deck, and I received a comment to try and get rid of my shader cache for the game. Now this person recommended using something called Z Shader Cache Killer, but I decided to try out a few things first. Number one, I went into the settings menu for the game and went to developer. I ended up deleting the Proton files as well as cleared my selection under controller layout. Now, for those of you who are furiously typing that Valve has a native Linux version, I am aware, but I'm not sure which version of Valheim that I had started at different times. And so I figured it was best to try this out. I then went into the properties and switched which version of the game that I was using under the betas menu. Then I switched it back. Now, since there is a native version of Valheim on deck, I went to compatibility and made sure that I wasn't using Proton. Now, this is a mistake that I think that I made in the past because I didn't realize that Valheim had a native Linux version. So I had tried using a bunch of different versions of Proton with it, and I think that kind of gummed up the works. By nuking all of this stuff, it seems to have fixed the problem. Speaking of ways that you can improve your experience with games on the Steam Deck, Digital Donovan dropped this little piece of wisdom for us. And man, I feel like I should have known this. In fact, I feel like I did know this at some point, but I totally forgot. And that has to do with high-res textures. Some games have HD textures that are like DLC for the game. This allows you to install the game without taking up extra room for something that you probably wouldn't notice on a 7-inch screen anyway. I did say back when I first started this show that I wanted developers to do this, but I didn't realize how easy it was going to be for me, the end user, to make this decision. And even though it's really easy, it's something that I never noticed in SteamOS that it's already there and super easy for me to deal with if the developer did it the right way. Well, 343 did this the right way for Halo Infinite. And when you install the game, I guess it automatically downloads the high-res textures for multiplayer. But like I said before, on a seven inch screen, that just kind of seems like a waste. Not only that, but it's probably going to give you a performance hit. Not in frames per second, but in resolution. Because Halo Infinite has dynamic resolution scaring. So, if there's too much happening on screen, instead of lowering your frame rate in order to keep the resolution, it lowers the resolution and maintains the frame rate. This is super important for games that are shooters like Halo that require you to not have changes in frame rate all that often. Now Donovan suggested that by getting rid of these HD textures, the game will probably not have to drop your resolution as often. 
and you'll get close to nine gigs of storage space back. That seems like a win, win, win for me. Let's move on to patch notes. The first thing that I wanna talk about with patch notes today is this thing that I've actually been watching for a while. So you see Valve, it's rumored that they're working on a way to make downloading games to your Steam Deck even easier. And I think I started following this back in October or so. Well, it seems like this feature might be right around the corner. According to the XPaw on Twitter, who you might know as the creator of SteamDB, they found some strings in the latest update from Valve that indicates that we are going to be seeing this feature soon. Here's what they tweeted. Last Steam update added some strings for this. The feature allows your PC to transfer game files to and from other PCs or Steam Decks on your local network reducing your internet traffic while downloading or updating a game. You can limit this to your own devices, friends, or any user. Now this is especially good news for multiple reasons. First off, if you're somebody with limited bandwidth, you won't have to download games twice. So if you're somebody who has an ISP that limits your bandwidth and says that you can only download so much a month, you're essentially going to be downloading games from Steam half as much and that can have a big impact on how much bandwidth that you use every single month. Secondly, if you have a Steam Deck dock, nearly all of them come with Ethernet. I recommend either the iVolar Steam Deck dock or the official Steam Deck dock. There's links for both in the description down below. But using a dock with Ethernet is going to be a whole lot faster if you're downloading from your local network rather than from your ISP. You'll have new games loaded in absolutely no time. Depending on your SD card, that could actually be the bottleneck for how quickly you can get data to your deck from your PC. Of course, if you're not a PC gamer and you only play on the Steam Deck, this really doesn't affect you at all, but I love that Valve is doing this. Okay, so far that's just data mining and speculation, so let's move on to something more official. In the first patch notes of the year, Valve has recently released on, I think it was January 5th, the newest beta client for SteamOS. First off, they fixed a few bugs, which is always good, but they also changed the launch option reminders to only show it three times per user per game. If you're not sure what this is, sometimes when you start a game, you'll get a pop-up giving you a few options. Sometimes those options will be about whether or not you, you want to use Vulkan or DirectX. Sometimes it'll be about DLC. For instance, when I launch Crisis Core, it usually asks if I want to look at the bonus stuff that I got with the addition that Square sent to me. Now, having it pop up every single time is not really that big a deal, but... I'm glad that they're changing it so it only pops up three times. Now, some of you might be worried that you made a choice and then how do you change it if it doesn't pop up every single time? Well, all you got to do is go to the gear menu and you can change those options. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another welcome change is the ability to turn off controllers automatically when exiting big picture mode. I feel like that's an option that we used to have, but kind of vanished when we had the new implementation of big picture mode. Speaking of controllers, they also implemented Steam Controller Dongle Pairing 
in the new big picture mode. I've been using my Steam controller with my Steam Deck via Bluetooth, but using the dongle is probably going to have less latency and so it's a better option. For Steam input, Valve has added support for the Thrustmaster eSwap Pro Controller for Xbox. It's cool if you have that, I don't, but I'm glad that they keep adding more controllers to Steam input. They also now show controller settings in app properties for non-Steam games. I just have to say how cool it is that Valve is doing this. Most other companies would say, hey, you didn't buy your game from us, so we have no motivation to help you out with it. Whereas Valve just wants everybody to have a essentially frictionless experience with their hardware, because if you're using their hardware, you're more likely to buy your games from them. And so even though you're not you're adding games to Steam via third parties and Valve is not getting any money from that. It has this halo effect, not halo like Master Chief, but halo like, like an angel. It has this halo effect that it makes you feel good about buying games from Steam instead of other places. I think it's awesome. Now probably the most important Steam input fix in this patch is this one. They've reworked gyro calibration. This should make calibrating a controller with gyro more accurate. Essentially, it still does its normal anti-drift calibration, which essentially makes it so that when you're sitting there and not moving your controller around, it's not drifting off to the side. But when it's doing that, it also records accelerometer noise and gyro noise when the controller isn't moving. This should get rid of most stuttering that you may experience when using gyro. Now I've said on the show a bunch of times that I'm a huge fan of using gyro, both on the Steam Deck and on controllers. And for me, when I sit down and use the Steam Deck or controllers that I'm using gyro, it feels really good. But I've heard other people complain about the micro jitters that you might get when you're using gyro. This should essentially get rid of it and make gyro even better for those people who are a little more sensitive to issues like that. Okay, let's move on. This next story is really interesting. If you're a user of a Steam Deck dock and you're using it with an HDR enabled TV. Now, up until now, for the most part, HDR has pretty much been a non-starter for Linux. But Valve has been working on getting this working and it seems like John Ashton has made a breakthrough. Pierre Lugrify tweeted this, new Linux gaming milestone. With the latest work from John Ashton, HDR can now be enabled for real games. I'm not sure what he means by real games. Did it work before for fake games? Whatever. Back to the tweet. Tested it tonight on my AMD desktop with Halo Infinite, Deep Rock Galactic, Death Stranding Director's Cut. It's very early and will still need some time to bake to be useful to most. He then followed this up with a series of tweets, including this picture of Death Stranding. If you're watching the video right now, you can see these areas in red. This is called a false color overlay. I use this all the time to get the exposure for my footage just right. So the highlights don't get blown out and the shadows don't get crushed. You always want to avoid seeing red in these types of images. Now I don't film in HDR, but I'm going to assume that the same properties apply to both HDR images and non-HDR images, or I guess SDR images. Now I'm sure that there's people who are wondering if this is going to work with the Steam Deck screen. In portable mode, I'm pretty sure that the answer is no. The screen on the deck is not HDR compatible as far as I know, but when you deck the dock, 
you have another story altogether. In this tweet, Pierre Lugrify hooked his deck up to an OLED LG monitor through HDMI and he has HDR working. He said that there's still a lot of work to do, but it's very promising. I'm looking forward to playing games in HDR on my Steam Deck when it's docked to my TV because that's just gonna look awesome. All right, full disclosure, I am a humble partner, so if you use the link, you're gonna be supporting the channel. Even as a humble partner, I've largely ignored Humble Choice up until now. If you don't know what Humble Choice is, it's a subscription service where each month, Humble has various games that are part of that deal. What's different about Humble Choice is that most of the games are yours to keep even if you're no longer subscribed because most of the time they're just Steam keys. I assume that you had to maintain a subscription in order to keep your games, but that's only for the Humble Collection which requires a separate launcher. I'm not interested in the Humble Collection stuff, I'm just interested in the Humble Choice stuff. And the Humble Choice stuff for January is really good. They include Doom Eternal, Tribes of Midgard, Ali Ali World, Encased, Grow, Song of the Evertree, Conan Chop Chop, Hoko Life, and Serpent Rogue. Now I haven't played all of these games, but Tribes was already on my radar, and Doom Eternal is my absolute favorite single person, single person, single player, first person shooter of all time. What's even better about Humble Choice is you can essentially say, eh, I don't think any of these games are for me this month, so I'm just gonna skip this month. I can't think of any other subscription service that allows you to skip a month easily. Anyway, these games for 12 bucks seems like a no-brainer to me. And if they sound like a good deal to you, then make sure that you use the link in the description down below. Not only will you be saving money on some awesome games, but you'll also be directly supporting the channel. Real quick, I want to thank the sponsor of this video, and that's Oivo Gaming. The DualSense 5 controller is a fantastic controller. It's actually really great for the Steam Deck because it has gyro as well as a touchpad in the middle. But one of my biggest gripes about the DualSense 5 is it has has pretty much abysmal battery life. Luckily, Oivo Gaming sent me this charger, which can charge multiple DualSense 5 controllers at the same time. It has lights on the front, which will indicate whether or not your controllers are charging or if they're topped off, and it uses USB-C instead of micro USB, which is awesome. Use the link in the description down below to get your own DualSense 5 controller and check out all of Oivo Gaming's other stuff. So thank you to Oivo Gaming for sponsoring this video. And thank you to my patrons and channel members for helping out with this video as well. You guys are awesome. From the Nerd Nest, I'm Bill. Stay rad, everybody.